for joining us for another intriguing edition of the Stat Pack. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. <laughs> I, was waiting for other, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, th- yeah, uh, back for another week. What's up, guys? Stack Pack uh, Season 2, Episode 18, the, penult- the penultimate episode. Almost done. Boy. Almost done. One more episode in Season 2 after this. Um, we got a big old show for you guys because they just like kept loading on them cases. And there was even like an update or two that I was just like, fuck. Yeah, I was like, that was for an update. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Fumbles? Un- Jesus. Unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, we haven't talked about fumbles in yeah in two weeks. episodes. <laughs> weeks. Fumbles. Um, no, is, fumbles was a yeah, long yeah. time ago. Fumbles was last season. Yeah, if you if you listen to all the episodes, fumbles was last that first season, and if not, just look it up. There's a bank robber called Fumbles. What um, a horrible nickname. Yeah, that's no. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. Anyway, that's um, not, that's not it's not cool at all at all. I I'm your host uh, David Howell uh, with my. Um, other hosts and uh, true crime partners in crime, um, Rodan, Daniel Benavides. Currently sitting, home, Dan. Yeah, like sitting today. across from me. And, Still uh, home, Dan. And in uh, Dallas, Texas, in the DFW area, we got um, good old Elias Dominguez. Beautiful, Your big, hot. bad, vital dad. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> All right, yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, the fucking pictures of Rolling Stone records. Anyway. Um, and we're also joined by a special uh, guest, uh, friend, uh, friend of the show, um, and fan, and uh, long, fans. Long, long, long time, time listener, first long time, time listener, first time caller, <laughs> first, uh, yeah, f- long time fan, first time packer, <laughs> first time packer. <laughs> Thanks for packing away with us, uh, oh, Daniel now. Kano, uh, our buddy Kano. Hello, what's Kano. up, dude? Hello, very welcome. Thank you for having me here. Oh, dude! I'm totes. excited. It's a, it's our pleasure, Kano. It's our yeah, pleasure. Yeah, it's always good to have a friend. Um, it was fun watching that episode today too. Yeah, there, fucking some shit. There's man. some murder, guys. There's some murder. Our first case. Okay, well, first of all, the the episode we're covering all these cases aired March 28th of 1990. So um, that's that's the present day mention that we're going to be talking about. Um, this first case is a lost loves, and uh, it's a bummer. Um, we're going to be talking about Jeffrey Harding, um, who in 1953 was bullied by some fucking asshole kids because they said that he had like a little brother or something. They teased him on the fact. It was like, you have a brother. You will never know. What a terrible like, way to find out you have a brother. Up, yeah. And like, what kind of fucked up neighborhood did he grow up in that where the, like the kids his age knew about his... It's kidnapped hood, baby man. brother. It's the hood. It, it, kids are ruthless. They'll make fun of anything. Yeah, and it's also what's also weird is like um, um, he goes home and the mom immediately is like, "Yep, okay, let me, let me bust out the book. Follow well, me to the I attic. Knew, Follow me." I to knew the this attic. was coming. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's like all this shit. Um, um, his mom tells him about this other brother who was like kidnapped as a baby before um, Jeffrey was even born. She had a fucking scrapbook. Yeah, she, like, yeah. she had time to like <laughs> That's sad. find shit. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just like at the matter at that point, it's just like when are you gonna bust it out? Well, I don't think that. I think she was just really genuinely sad to have. Well, well like her. you start your baby book and then your baby gets kidnapped, and you're like, well, I guess let's put articles about the kidnapping about my baby in the getting baby kidnapped. book. Fuck, yeah. it's so fucking dark. Um, 
that's really dark. So anyways, his mom tells him the story about how two teenagers uh, took took him when he was a baby. Um, Jeffrey is uh, pleading to the Unsolved Mysteries audience. He wants uh, he wants help finding his bro. So June thirtieth of nineteen forty four, um, Jeffrey's mom goes to. Uh, goes to the store with baby Lawrence. Lawrence Harding was the baby who was kidnapped in the baby carriage. She used to do this every day. Um, when she's at the store, she notices these two teenage black girls that were co- that were uh, complimenting the baby and saying how cute the baby was. And she was like, oh, thank you. It's my first baby. She didn't think anything of it. Like, she didn't recognize the girls from the town. But, um, you know, they were just kids, like, saying how cute a baby was. So it didn't seem like anything um, weird. On the way home, these girls are still following her from a distance. I guess she just assumed, and and Jeffrey says that she just assumed that they were just walking, that, that, the that they just direction. happened to be walking, yeah, walking down the street in the same way. Once she gets home, the uh, she asks the the neighbor upstairs who's like you know putting out laundry to dry. It looks in the in the reenactment. Um, she says, "Oh, just watch the baby as I take while I take uh, these groceries inside," and then. Uh, she loses eye contact with the baby and well what's pretty fucked up is that the lady that she asked to watch the baby is like on the second story yeah like folding some <laughs> fucking blanket and shit and then right. who the fuck's gonna be like hey watch my baby hey, I'll be back watch my baby from way up there I don't even I know yeah, you can do nothing outside when I go to the store I take him inside Right. Let alone a baby. And, and and what can this lady do? What can she possibly this, do? It's like she can run down her stairs in maybe like a minute, minute and a half. Oh no, she can fly, dude. <clears throat> like what? How, what is she going to be able to do if a baby gets taken? Well, we learned yeah, she nothing. can do absolutely fucking nothing because the baby gets taken by these two teenage girls. Well, what the fuck is she doing to where she has to leave her baby outside? It's probably Taking groceries. Hot, first of all, she probably wants to go bang. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, can you watch my baby while I go bang? Can you watch this? I'm going to go, uh, you got this, right? I'll be back. She probably just walked inside before the lady could even answer. She's well, like, it looks like she's taking her groceries in, but then at the same time, yeah. like, it shouldn't take that long. And Not you know, just that. Even when she's in the store, she's she's checking out. She has the baby behind her, like, if she's, like, in the cart just Hey, chilling. man, it was a crowded store. Ah, uh, man. Yeah, all, those, all them chips. Huh? That's exactly why the baby should have been in front of her. Yeah, so they take the they take this baby out, and of course the lady's like, "No, stop, stop, stop right there!" And she's like, "I'm on the second store, so I'm just gonna like chill here and finish drying." But like, hey, you should like probably go. Uh, <laughs> you should probably go get your kid. Probably, yeah, run down those people. That just ran off with the little baby, and she chased with no luck. She ch- she ran hard. Um, yeah, she fucking sprinted. And great performance from this uh, lady playing the the mom, as far as unsolved mm-hmm. mysteries reenactments goes. I felt uh, it. I felt it. Yeah, in not your bad. Eyes. <laughs> Um, so three days later, they get a creepy, creepy phone call from a girl saying that she has the baby, I guess one of the teenagers, and that she's going to bring the baby to them. But then she says, when? And this girl hangs up, and she never heard from them again. So did she have – this must have been pre-planned if she had the number. It's not like there's fucking mm. – You, you know, ever heard I mean, of a phone book? Yeah, yeah there's phone books Yeah, but then. I mean it's not like you're just going to – if you think about it, they just fucking strolled up on this chick, like, in the store. She's like, oh, that's a cute baby. And then they just started following her. And then they just snatched the baby and ran, you know? Like, she'd be like, what's your number? Well, yeah, you well, know? it was all from, but it was all in the news and stuff. I'm sure there was, it was easy to get a hold of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Um, Newspapers. We have a baby. Gonna bring you baby. Yeah, so she never <laughs> hears. So she never hears. Plus, I have your baby. She, she never hears from Mexican. these mysterious uh, kidnappers again. 
Um, and there was no ransom and no other contact, like I said. So 45 years later, it, his brother is still trying to find out what happened to him. And 45 years later, I mean uh, March of 1990, roughly. So he's still trying to, and you know, he wants to make it right for his parents. He, he thinks it's especially shitty. It's it's shitty for him because he didn't grow up with the brother, but it's especially shitty for the parents who never got closure and had to go through their life just like dealing with, oh yeah, like our baby got taken by two kids essentially. So in August of 1986, he does he gets a break in the case because of something we hear a lot. Breaking the case due to the Freedom of Information Act. And dino DNA. Yeah, and dino DNA. Um, um, and they actually got to look at the actual FBI file on uh, um, Lawrence Harding's disappearance. And um, he had hired a private investigator, and they found something very interesting, a very interesting story. What they find, David? Well, let me tell you, Eli. <laughs> uh, Paul Rigsby, private investigator, all, aka Sleepy, Sleepy Snorlax. <laughs> Dude, that guy. When they were interviewing him, he looked like he snuck a fart, and he was just trying to hold on and laugh. <laughs> like he had this smirk on his face, like, "Oh, I got you." Yeah, he looked. He, he had a look like he was getting away with something. That's for sure. But he also looked uh, like he could have been stoned or just sleepy or just like happy about something. Like, like he says he has to talk something. He has to talk about something really sad. But like he, but like something really. But it's his chance to be on national TV. No, like something really good happened in his life. So he's like in a good mood, even though he's talking about something sad. <laughs> that's what it, no, that's the vibe we're I got. Get- I think I think uh, we're gonna get another one of these at the end of this episode when they're talking about the two boys. Um, oh, I, I think I already know what you're talking about. <laughs> so Paul Rigsby, P.I., um, and uh, Jeffrey Harding find a new lead in this FBI document. And they pretty much learned that um, in 1944, the FBI interviewed two railroad porters. Uh, they worked for the railroad in uh, St. Louis. And uh, um, they remember a very interesting story. Apparently, July 4th of 1944... Um, nice touch with those uh, fireworks in the reenactment on Solved Mysteries. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. They had the budget for sparklers. Which would have been four days after. Uh, no, there was like in the sky and stuff. Um, they panned up from the sky. Four days after uh, the baby went missing, a teenage girl was seen with the baby matching the description um, of Lawrence at this train station. And um, she approached an older lady and said, can you watch my baby while I go use the restroom? There's gotta, no place to put the baby down. Shit. Can you go watch this real quick? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And still, and still, there's really no place to put a baby down in the bathroom when you have to do your business. That, that's true. I mean, yeah, that hasn't changed. Sorry, mysterious teenager. I mean, they have these little, like, things now, but they're not everywhere. It's You, you just have never hung your baby yes. on the hook? No, that's what we usually do. I mean... <laughs> no, what you do is you put the baby in the uh, diaper bag and then zip it up tight, and then you hang it on the hook. <laughs> Just kidding. You don't do that. Remember, I'm a big bad vinyl dad on... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, baby... Uh... CPS services, you can find him at... So he, so he gave the baby... Um, I'm in Dallas, Texas. Which, by the way, it looked like they stole that baby from a nativity scene. <laughs> oh, dude, oh that baby God. was so fucking Plastic. fake. Did you see the, the fucking little hand? The little hand out. was so funny. <laughs> and and, and the, the lady who's playing the teenage girl in the reenactment, like, she does these, like, 
kind of jerky movements to make the baby look like it's kind look of... Look like heavy? Like a lion? Like, a, like, like a, yeah. a, a, an actual living object? Yeah, like it's moving? It's like a fish. I could, so, I could just see the, the production department. They're like, well, okay, guys, we got to make some cuts. We can either get sparklers or we, uh, a real baby. There was good fireworks. <laughs> Definitely the sparklers. We're going to go sparklers. So, so the... Um, so she says, yeah, I got to go pee. And the old lady's like, all right, but the train's about to leave. And this is the part that I don't quite get, and this is what the private investigator assumes. And his assumption's a little odd, and I think it's because he's sneaking that fart. Um, but like, <laughs> but, he's high on his own fart. Yeah, he's high on his own fart. It's both. He says that uh, um, the lady probably just assumed that, that the girl got on the train and that she could find the girl on the train and give the baby back. Like, yeah. like this lady, this girl would jump on the train before she finds her baby. Baby, yeah. right. And, uh, to yeah. me, that made no so, fucking sense. So basically what he was saying is, like, you know, the she was at one end of the platform about to get on the train holding a baby. And she was on the other end of the platform coming out of the shitter. And they called all aboard. So she was, like, instead of trying to run to get to the to the end of the platform and miss the train, maybe she got onto the on the train thinking, like, oh, I'll get on on this end and just walk my way back. And find the girl. Yeah. But obviously, mm. nope. That didn't happen. Well, that makes more sense in the way that, that Sleepy Snorlax explained it. She talked to those two guys at the train station. The, the, lady. the porters. Yeah, so this is when the porters are telling us this whole porters. story. And they pretty much say that um, once the train got to St. Louis. That goofy-ass train station, dude. He's like, yeah. yeah. Can I hope He's you? like, what's she look like? Yeah, yeah he was yeah, kind of. <laughs> his line reading was pretty funny. This old lady tells the story of the girl who gave them the baby and says that I'm going to be in Magnolia. What is it? Massachusetts? Yeah, in um, Arkansas. I'm going to be in Magnolia, Magnolia Arkansas. Arkansas. I, I've had nine kids. One more Fuck. won't hurt. That's um, a lot of kids. And I have four. <laughs> nine is a lot of kids. Well, see, here's what I want to know. It, Ten with, fucking happy did, meals. Did the girl that actually <sighs> held on to this baby have nine kids? Or did Unsolved Ooh. Mysteries just, you know, try to church it up? Well, I don't Maybe. know, but I love no. the little smirk she says. She she gives when, uh, when she goes... She must have been a good Samaritan. And then they show her holding the baby on the train next to that passed out sailor. She's shaking the baby. She just gives like some little, I got you, baby. Yeah, yeah. I got you, baby. I got you, baby. I got you, baby. And she's, and apparently she. You're my baby now. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently she. Yeah, and then when they come by the house, nope, no baby here. Yeah. (laughs) And apparently she told the porters that if if she wants her baby back, that she's going to be in Magnolia, Arkansas to come and get the baby. You know what that reminds you of? No baby here. Chili's baby back ribs, barbecue barbecue sauce. sauce. Chili's baby back ribs. (laughs) I want my baby back, baby. Damn, maybe that pen does work. You just don't know. <laughs> yeah, <dude>. uh, maybe. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty fucking rough, dude. <laughs> Let's not make it the final cut. <laughs> oh, sweet okay. Chili's joke that this week, Eli. <laughs> I'm a terrible. Remember, I'm Big Bad Vital Dead. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm leaving it in. <laughs> um, Questions, comments, complaints? Oh, I'm sorry. To Big Bad Vinyl Dad on Instagram and Twitter. So no one was looking for a child, and they're like, "All right, like if a lady's looking for a child, we'll tell her to go to Magnolia." <laughs> so, so private investigator Jeffrey 
um, sent his buddy Sleepy Snorlax Paul Rigsby um, to smart sniffer, smart sniffing Paul Rigsby <laughs> to Arkansas to investigate the town of Magnolia, where. As far as the reenactment goes, he asks what. As fart as the reenactment reenactment goes. It's a general neighborhood. He asks one lady and is like. He gets a map of Magnolia, Alabama, throws a dart in the neighborhood. That's where I'm starting. That house right there. But you just see him open the door, ask one lady, and he's like, couldn't find a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't find a thing. I guess I'll go home. uh, um, But um, not before stopping the mall. There's a ch- is there a Chili's around here? We don't have those back here. We don't have those. Ba- Y'all got a Waffle House? <laughs> like they always have those commercials oh, for those Dave and, Dave Busters, and Busters, but we don't have them. Oh, oh shit, Dave and Busters, Magnolia, Arkansas. Magnolia. I know I came here for something. <laughs> it was the Dave and Busters. <laughs> Gets a call from Jeffrey. Oh, I didn't find anything. Nothing about Lawrence. Um, so. I won 500 tickets. <laughs> um, Paul Rigsby thinks that, uh, yeah, this is where Paul Rigsby's all doing his little smirk saying how he thinks that this lady was just a good Samaritan. <laughs> yeah. She gave that fucking, that I she, got you, baby. She absolutely had nothing to do. He really wants us to know. He thinks that she had nothing to do with the abduction. And I think that was a little ploy that they added, like, you know, maybe this lady will feel more comfortable coming forward if, you know, we think that she was just doing the right yeah. thing by taking we care of We just want to know more, kind of, yeah. And so this guy's still looking for his brother, and as far as, you know, unsolved, as far as what I could find, which I didn't really di- dive too deep, but I, I couldn't, no, nothing, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, me neither. So he would be 73 years old right now. All right, our next case is uh, titled Wanted. We're going to be talking about a very... High scheme money laundering and drug dealing operation working through the suburbs of New Jersey. Hmm. Cliffside. So, if any of our uh, fellow listeners are interested in what not to do when laundering money, uh, please take note of this next segment. Yeah, it's a good place to start for sure. Um, so, we're, we're, so, the guy's name is uh, Pe- Pedro Uribe. 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 You don't say the U, right? That's dumb, right? Uribe. Pedro Uribe. 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 Pe- Pedro Uribe, 38-year-old Colombian at the time. Big-time high-up guy in the Medi- Medellin cartel. Colombian uh, cartel in Medellin. I think I said that pretty good. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, he, ra- he ran it with the fear of Jesus Cristo. Mm. Um, or I guess the fear of God, whatever. God I, I, I am the boss. The the fear of oh. Who's the jefe? Who's the jefe? Oh, the jefe. So, um... I do want to mention that, yeah, yeah, the reenactment, <laughs> as Kato said, to today's standards, he had, like, a little boy haircut. <laughs> yeah, he had, a, like, a five-year-old haircut. And also uh, his, his, like, his other henchmen his had, cohorts. had both a pompadour <laughs> and a mullet in one. Yeah. He had both. That's, it was just party up front, party up back. Dude, party in both front and back. Yes, yes, yes. Um, he, uh, and so this guy, yeah, he was tough. And apparently, according to this investigator... Um, one guy lost lost seventy five kilos of coke, and um, Uribe had his fucking family and him murdered, and fucking um, and then they found out later that it, it wasn't even him, right? <laughs> yeah, he didn't even. Yeah. he wasn't even the the one who lost it. 
So May of 1986, these guys, the cops finally decided to set up surveillance on Uribe's properties, and he had multiple properties. Um, they learned very fast that these families were like bogus, and they were like actors brought in Which to like is- hang out in the front yard. Yeah, and they had like a live-in nanny, and they would rotate families almost weekly. Which and doesn't with, make sense, no, right? If you're trying if to keep up a friend. somebody was doing that next to me, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Look, I mean, minute. probably like in today's day and age, it might guy? be passable because you could just say your house is an Airbnb. But back in that okay, day, yeah. <laughs> like, are you fucking well, dumb? Hey, so maybe we need to re maybe we need to reevaluate this whole scheme here. Then, Dan, you brought up a good point. Maybe we should. Didn't I just lend somebody else my weed whacker? This guy, <laughs> this guy has fifty-two it? different families. There's a different family here every week. But I love, I love how he, uh, how the, their operation was so simple. Like how they would actually, they would buy money orders with cash, and they would do it multiple in, in multiple different places, right? Yeah, yeah. The the Smurfs, like, like yeah, that's um, right. They called them the, the Smurfs. Money Smurfs. So, so, so he had all these houses. Uh, besides the family, they actually had a lady, like, live-in babysitters is what they called it, live there, to, like, turn the lights off and on and make it look lived in at night. And um, and all these houses were always attached with the garage so they could, like, right. get people in and out. And the garage door opener. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Which was per- a like luxury. Mo- most, yeah, like most have now. Oh, and the ones that didn't, uh, they would install them, right? Yeah. Oh, my God, 100 bucks down the drain. Yeah. <laughs> now, back, now, back then, man, I'm pretty sure it was way more than that. With this and their way of getting in and out, um, they had a bunch of uh, Smurfs, is what the FBI called them, right? They're they're hinch, yeah. his hinch people, and they would uh, take these monies and make them into real money orders. And it, and the guy said, uh, like seven of the people that they identified over a week, or over a full five day work week, could um, launder two million dollars. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, fuck, that's still a lot now. $2 million. Like, to launder in a week. Yeah, it's still, yeah, for sure. To Back launder. then, it was a fuckload, but uh, it's I could, even a lot. I could, I could launder more. I could double that. Just kidding. No, I don't know how. I've seen Netflix's Ozark. <laughs> yeah. That shit ain't easy. Um, <laughs> so um, a, little, a couple months later in September of 86, um, these cops witnessed a shady a shady delivery, like, and it wasn't. They didn't go into the garage this no, time. No, it wasn't shady. It was just really shitty. It was just blatantly obvious. <laughs> oh, let's just move these big hey, boxes. Drug deal going on right now, guys. Hey, if anyone's watching, drug deal, drug deal right now, right now. Huge drug boxes deal driveway big. right here. They might as well. Right they might as well have had the boxes say drugs on the side yeah, of it. Like, yeah, hey, like, hey, Jimmy, <laughs> Jim, Jimmy, do you have the wacky, wavy, inflatable tube arm guy that says drugs on it? The box just says records up? on it, crossed out, and under it says. <laughs> Drugs instead. <laughs> Family photos. The next one it just says <laughs> not, or it says not drugs. <laughs> yeah, well, they're moving these boxes to the garage, and they don't even like go into the the damn reason why they would buy these houses was for the <laughs> fucking garages. The bo- and they didn't even they fucked up one day, We're and they got raided. The one day they fucked up. So they see these boxes, and they're like, "Hey, maybe that's coke." And then they're just boom. They I go told in. you. I told you to use the garage door opener. I told you. <laughs> I told you to leave it in the car. How easy is that? And and according to um, and I'm sorry. And up to this point, they weren't even totally sure that he was selling coke. They just like knew for sure about the money laundering. Um, oh, so they went in. This is this is my favorite scene right here. <laughs> oh yeah, they went in. They throw down the living babysitter and just like dude, they don't just go in. They rush in hard. They come in so hard. Those guys were so selling this reenactment. They were like, Please, we're gonna do this. boom. 
Get down, get down. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, and then just like every single shelf and every the microwave uh, coke. One thing, we got some here. Coke. We got some here too. Fridge. That's one thing coke. I don't believe. I I would assume a stash house would for sure use the microwave to like make food. I don't right. see them cooking <laughs> at all. And that's the, probably the only thing that makes none of us that oven was empty. What's a there stove? Was no, What's a stove? None of us have ever lived in a trap house before. <laughs> yeah, but we all know how they work based on popular series on Netflix. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure they would just microwave food. At one of those other houses, one of his other stash houses, one of the drug dogs found like eight hundred thousand dollars in cash. Yeah, in like a hollowed plant. Because of the cocaine residue, so yeah. much coke res on, on, on the twenties. <laughs> because you know that they were they were snorting it with with all that cash. They were just doing blow off of like wads of cash. <laughs> Either that, or just storing the money next to the cocaine. No, like, and, like oh yeah, smuggling maybe. it. I like to believe that they took each dollar bill and each just took did a, a nice line. line. <laughs> Damn, dude! All eight hundred thousand of those dollars. <laughs> a dollar a line. So as of March twenty eighth, nineteen ninety, he he was still missing, and I don't buck. think. As far as the American goes, the Ameri- us Americans go, we never found Pedro. The last no. time he was witnessed he was at a, at his, a relative's christening in New Jersey. That's some Godfather shit. But mm-hmm. they, they knew where he was, and they think, just couldn't get to him. I think he might be. I, I think he might be dead. All his other homies took took off back to Colombia, right? Yeah. I'm sure. I bet. I think he probably went back to Colombia. Like, think about it. He killed a dude for losing seventy five keys. This fucker lost, uh, what was it, $800,000 in... Oh, probably, and, and way more, probably, And something too. like seven and a half million dollars worth of blow. What, uh... uh um, uh, doesn't matter how high up you are. You lose that much. You're dead. You owe somebody money. Yeah, it's probably true. Didn't think about that. Yeah, he's sleeping with the fishes. Pedro's sleeping with the fishes up in JC. He probably never even left the county. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. They got him. Unexplained death. Um, this one's uh, uh, really fucking sad. We're gonna be. Ta- um, <clears throat> this is a a, qu- a quick little bit. Um, basically, this is an ongoing investigation that uh, they just wanted Unsolved Mysteries help with. Um, They're offering a twenty thousand dollar reward for any information about the death of three year old Rachel Runyon. Um, August 26th of 1982 in Sunset, Utah, uh, Rachel was abducted from a playground while she was playing uh, really close to her house. Yeah, it was like, uh, it was really, really close. Like just, you know, a couple feet, like 15 feet or so. Wow. I don't know. It was that fucking close. Yeah, Yeah, it was really, really close. from her doorstep. Shit. So 24 days after this, her body is located, partially submerged in a small creek about 20 miles from the playground where she was taken from. The suspect that people, that witnesses saw, they don't go into what the witnesses saw, but uh, black male, 20s or 30s, six feet, and there's a mugshot. Uh, I'm sorry, there's a composite sketch that's uh, pretty uh, creepy. I don't know, those composite sketches are chilling. <laughs> so two and a half years later, a message is found written in a 24-hour laundry bathroom that's fucking, like, fucked up. Yeah, real um, creepy. It could just, yeah, this message could just be somebody just trying to write something fucked up. But it said, yeah. beware, I'm at large. I killed the little Runyon girl. Remember, beware. And there was an upside-down cross with a 666 on the two on the points of the cross. So uh, they th- they immediately went with satanic panic because it's 1990. Actually, no, this yeah. was early 80s, so, yeah. 
That was all over. Um, especially because of the 666, you know. The way they end this case is really fucked up because, like, they're like, we did get a, some information from a new informant that um, says that they abducted her to make a movie where they were going to, like, To make rape a snuff, and, a snuff yeah, film. Rape yeah. and torture her and eventually kill her God. in what is now known as a snuff film. But uh, the guy so lovingly explained to us. Really fucked up. And um, they even leave us with a picture of her. And they said she was abducted in this dress. And, like, she might be wearing this dress in the film, like... I don't know, like, what kind of people do you think watch Unsolved Mysteries? Like, if oh you caught this snuff film, like, let us know. Yeah, like, what are you going to say? <laughs> yeah, I don't oh. I don't know. I don't really think that would have helped anybody. It just kind of made my stomach churn even yeah, more. Yeah, that's really bad. Churn? Stomach churn, right? Or turn? Yes. Yeah, okay, I said that right. Both. I think both would work. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, and that's about it. Um, there, there's a little more information. They, they, they kind of thought that there was this uh, serial killer, a really famous serial killer that was responsible, but they, let her, they later ruled that out. So a former inmate living in New Mexico became the suspect of Rachel's murder, but the cops, like, they didn't have any, they didn't have any evidence to bring him to charges. And uh, the man had lived in Utah at the time of the abduction. So it's and, Arthur Gary Bishop? And uh, No, no, no. Arthur Gary Bishop was a child serial killer who they originally might have thought had done it, but they ruled him yeah. out really quick. So now they're, yeah, they, they're, now they're, this is another guy. This is yeah, yeah, inmate. this inmate from New Mexico. And he pretty much said that, uh, they pretty much said that he lived in Utah at the time. Uh, Rachel's abductor had matched his description. And even in, in 2011, he got arrested for assaulting his girlfriend and kidnapping their son. But he has not been publicly identified, so the case is still officially unsolved. Oh yeah, so so they don't even know his like his name was never even given. Yeah, mm. and and there's some reasoning behind that. I dove into this and started reading. There, there's a lot of information on this case. Um, I only dove into Reddit. People that have information and that were originally willing to testify have now backed out uh, due to death threats. So, Ooh. so they feel like this person is still very much around and kicking, and is kind of pressed. Damn. Anyone, in fact, a, a person on on the forum made a comment how that that it's kind of their like pet local crime case. They're from the area, and it's something that's always fascinated them. So they started investigating, and uh, she uh, she came up with the same conclusion that it was this gentleman that they they say that hasn't been named. And uh, when she dove into it deeper, she received a death threat. Mm-hmm. Um, so her her mom has a website, and there's a also a Justice for Rachel uh, Facebook group, uh, Justice for Rachel Runyon or something like that. Um, so yeah, they're still trying to figure out what happened to her, even though this happened in 1982. It's really crazy. Damn. Yeah, but it's just so messed up, man. Especially like the leads that they come into. Like she's three, and then the way they find her, it's yeah, it's just bad. And people still f- getting death threats all these years later, like. Fuck whoever did this. <laughs> so shitty. Like, hey, give me a fucking death threat. No, we're not going to discover anything, but I can say one thing. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, next week, we're going to be holding auditions for a new uh, <laughs> podcast host, sadly, unfortunately. Um, in between recording this and its release, David mysteriously uh, Dude. passed away. What if he writes it as a Dude, review? Dude, and, and they, and they <laughs> oh my god! And they did just say that, and they did say that he's in New Mexico, which is a Ooh, little uncomfortably close to El Paso. <laughs> um, yeah, but fuck this guy, um, whoever he is, and that's it on that one. That's all she wrote. The next one is the. Um... Ooh. 
The Sweetheart Swindler. Sweetheart Swindler. Oh, man. Mm. This guy. Fly me to the moon. You see this? You see this here? It's a real diamond. You I pulled out of my pocket. Doll, you great big beautiful doll. <laughs> yeah, this one's... Uh, man, it's hard to feel bad for these ladies sometimes, but like yeah, it was a different time. No. But you have to think... No, you do have to think of it. Though. It was a different time, like... There was yeah, a, it's still like I mean it was a pre-internet time like even the even naivete then. was different. Dude, I don't know. I could barely get a fucking text back, and this guy's getting fucking <laughs> thousands of fucking dollars from these bitches. Like fuck. See, you, you know what your problem <laughs> is? Kind of, you know what your problem is? This is really good at it. Is uh oh, he's you great don't at it. you don't carry diamond rings in your pocket? Oh yeah, check this out. So sweetheart you, swindler, that's what they call him. <clears throat> So we're going to talk about... Um, He's cute. We're going to talk about a like woman... like John Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, we don't know what he looks like yet. There's a... <laughs> so we're going to talk about a woman from Missouri named Sarah, not Sarah. Sarah, not Sarah. I love when they do this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're going to be talking about Sarah, not Sarah, because she's super embarrassed. So she's Sarah, not Sarah. But this is the thing we got to do now every time they block someone's face out. Like, <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, not Sarah, just for the record, Aaron, you know, this is... Aaron, not Aaron, not Aaron. Yeah. Um, so she gets a call from a man that says, oh yeah, remember we met that one time? And she's Dude. like, no, I don't recall. You, 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 you know, that, that one you time. Know. Six years ago. The one time we that, met? That one time. Well, know. no, no, but, um, With that thing. We were at that place, you know, with oh, those guys. Golly. golly, I do meet a lot of people. They, you know, they invited us for that, uh, that event over there, you know? <laughs> the thing we did uh, at the place. Uh, yeah, yeah, so she, she, so this guy asks her for a date. He's like, I know you. And she agrees because she's a widower. Is she a widower or she's divorced? She's divorced. She's divorced, um, yeah. You're right there? Yeah. yeah, just the thing fell. Sorry, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm good. Too I'm much good. white wine. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> so funny because okay. we always give you like shit for that. Did you tell oh, him? Oh, I know. Did I'm, you a, tell I'm him? a fan. No, I'm a, no, a constant listener. I listen. He listens to the podcast. You drink that Aussie <laughs> fucking white wine shit. Uh, yellow tail. Yellow tail. Yeah, there you go. The yellow tail white Zinfandale. Too much white oh wine God, there, Big white, Bad Vinyl Dad. It's cheap and it's good. This white Turn wine it. went straight to my head. <laughs> It made my weenie all loose. <laughs> oh, this white one. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> so anyways, Jerry. Going to have a hard time telling the boys that I'm hungover at work tomorrow. <laughs> when all I had was two glasses oh, of white two, wine two with ice. Oh, man. <laughs> with ice oh my goodness I got so drunk off of white wine I ate a whole row of Oreos <laughs> <laughs> a whole row Shannon it's I, I, all good you're dude, talking to a person named Shannon in this <laughs> okay so Sarah, Sarah not Sarah agrees to meet the shady dude and guess what his name was guy guess what the Fuck. guess what the guy who um, is stealing the people's money guess what his name is Jerry Gamble. Jerry Gamble. Gamble. I'll take a gamble on that. That's the most fucking ridiculous alias <laughs> for a person who literally is going to, like, steal, your, steal shit. your shit. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jerry Gamble here, and I'm going uh, to I rob you blind. I just don't understand how he can do it so easily, though. <laughs> what year was this? What year was this? 88. Uh, 88. Did they have caller ID? No. No. That, that was like a 90s no? invention. Okay. Well, I was going to say, 
I was like, well, fuck. Like, even if, like, they did, like, if you keep getting a number from a motel, you, like, well, it's you have to remember, this guy was cold calling these chicks. He yeah. was saying, hey, you met me at that thing. Remember? Hey, you remember me from that thing? And this is, this yeah. was his job, as the investigator says, like, what he was very fuck? good at this. He, like, he even says, like, these ladies shouldn't feel embarrassed because this is, like, what he does. Well, yeah. Dude, he had and a then, spreadsheet. Well, first of all, these, why are these women putting, like, fucking, I guess, just, like, seeking love ads or what? Well, yeah, some of them, like, they, they do say later that um, he was all over the, what they would call Lonely Hearts Clubs and also, yeah, like, like uh, back-in-the-day Tinder. Yeah, and, like, single singles, like, phone lines and stuff. That Unlimited he, he, swipes. That he did, he did that kind of <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Does, do newspapers still do that? Do they still do, like, you know? I don't think so. I think Craigslist does. You can put. Well, no, you can't do it on Craigslist anymore because it's thanks to the president. It's considered sex trafficking. So missed communication. Well, dude, I bet you there is a lot of hidden sex trafficking in in those sex in those Craigslist ads. You know what I'd like to do? So, what I used to like to do sometimes. Um, it was actually pretty funny. You know those uh, missed connections. That's what I was just thinking oh, about. Those are always the best to read. Yeah. Yeah, they're really funny because you get to see what you get to hear what they were doing. We're both at Wendy's and we reach for the same frosty. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's stuff like that, and it's like I should have got your number, but I didn't. You were with your husband. Ooh, <laughs> what the fuck! Contact me if you ever want to ditch him. So, anyways, yeah. um, um, back to I mean, it, it's it's with the topic. We are talking about shady, gross um, men behavior. Man, a uh, shady, gross man. Yeah, shady, gross behavior. That's better. Yeah, she just totally like once she met him, the the weirdness of how they met just like just she like just said fuck it because he bought her food. I'm just gonna start inviting girls to Denny's. <laughs> well, see, inviting them to where? To Denny's, just getting them a grand slam. <laughs> hey, you guys want to go to Denny's? What's up, girl? Like, what's up, girl? You like toast? You like grand slams? You like Because I'm gonna hit this shit home run. <laughs> I'm gonna hit this out of the park. So he 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 was smart about who he was picking to. Yeah. Like he knew that these ladies were Devoidable. divorced or widowed or like you know desperate, lonely. Like like you said, yeah, vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerable. She was into it. And the, like by the way, before we go before we go on, I want to say this whole thing took place like within five days. Straight. Up. It's crazy. And also, side note, uh, I think that the actress portraying Sarah, not Sarah, did the voice for for not Sarah. Oh. Just one, not Sarah. Like they, they sounded very similar. I don't know. I could be wrong, but like you would see that you would see her say something in the reenactment, and then she would continue talking, and it would sounded like almost the same voice. So you're saying not Sarah might have been not Sarah. I feel like Sarah, not Sarah, and not Sarah were the same voice. <laughs> I don't know, but I just noticed that her daughter had some fucking P Diddy bling. She had like a fat chain on her <laughs> when, when he was showing her the diamond rings. He's okay. like, check out these diamond rings. And he's like smacking him on the table. But she's wearing like a fat gold chain. So I'm pretty sure she was very unimpressed. Yeah, the, the, that was later. That was later the first day they met. Um, she, she invited the daughter to dinner. And the daughter was like, this is weird until he just like. Ooh, dumps out a shiny. bunch of jewelry, like loose jewelry. <laughs> oh, these, these jewels are so heavy. Hey, guys, tip. Um, jewelers don't carry around loose jewelry with them in their, in like, like a little nappy. Is that like, <laughs> in a nappy? 
He's like, check it out, they're real. Smacking yeah, them on fucking the table. See, it's shit. diamonds. It's diamonds here. Real diamonds. They're indestructible. They say that that's what really convinced the daughter that he wasn't a shady con artist. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, he's got he's got real diamonds. It's fine. If you buy your jewelry from a guy who carries it in his breast pocket, right. it ain't hey, real. you gotta buy some jewelry? <laughs> Jewelers don't carry around loose fucking... <laughs> Rings. You want to buy a? You want to buy a watch? What about a watch? About a yeah, he just opens up his coat. He has a bunch of Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like hanging. The daughter's. Uh, the daughter's in too. She's. She believes everything he says, and um, he tells her that he's been looking for a lady to do all this fancy rich people stuff with, yeah, like to get to lavish hotels and eat fancy dinners and like buy you bomb ass jewelry that is just sitting in my breast pocket. Damn. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing wrong. So so he he like uh, basically like um, was just telling this lady all these things that she wanted to hear. She even says uh, Sarah, not Sarah's like like uh, it was very appealing. It's like yeah, that's appealing to just, everyone. Just I like, like the fact yeah. of not having to do nothing. Yeah, so does can... everyone. <laughs> yeah, right. You ain't alone, girl. But it's like <laughs> it's like, like didn't that at one point seem too good to be true? Like you've just been divorced yeah. and lonely for it's all these years. It's been like five days. Some yeah. No, well, this is still shit. the first fucking day with like I go away with me. Day 2 is Let's when they start married. planning the Yeah, day 2 is when they start planning the wedding. Will you what marry me, Sarah not Sarah? This guy had some fucking balls. He he said that he told her that he was like a jewelry guy and that his driver was making a delivery so that he didn't knife. have a car at the time. Oh yeah, they also make a point that the first day there there was no sexual advances made, but by day 2 they were planning that wedding. And they planned a road trip where they would start, where they would drive to Nashville, and he would buy her like a crazy a five carat diamond ring. And she tells all us normies that that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big diamond. Yeah, thanks, Sarah, not Sarah. Yeah, we didn't know that. Can't even show your fucking face, and you're treating us like we're the idiots. How are you not? How are you not going to show your face already? When I'm pretty sure you already. Everybody in your fucking hometown already probably knows her, like, whatever, like... It's like Sarah, not Sarah? Oh, you mean Connie? <sighs> oh, it's because they knew once, but I just can't, I can't let my face be shown nationally. Oh, we all just call her Sarah, not we know. Sarah. We know. We know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the their road trip would, yeah, they drive to Nashville, and she would get this awesome ring that, um, uh... Jerry Gamble would <laughs> would buy her, and then they'd go up uh, a little more into the country and meet um, Jerry's uh, daughter and son. This is where things get fishy. Oh yeah! But before they leave, he's like, "I'm got, I've got these checks coming in," and I don't. You guys might be able to clarify what, because I don't under I don't really understand what, like what the swindle was. Just just to make it seem like he was getting money. I think what he did what. No, no, no. What he did was he stole he stole the checks from another girl from a, a I guess the girl like previously. another girlfriend blank blank checks right yeah and it it was apparently written so he wrote it out to the new girlfriend and he said he didn't say who it was from he told her it was like a I think a business deal yeah Anyways, yeah he didn't say it was he wrote the check for like the check was written for like way more and so the plan was for him to cash the check I guess she was trying to deposit it but also take out money. So she was going to yeah. deposit a portion and then receive cash. Yeah. So so what what I think is like he's like I got to deposit this check and but can you just give me three thousand dollars out in the meantime, and um and just but the and, check bounces and when the check but clears then you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And right. But they would give you credit. So he would. They gave him like the cash, 
but then the check bounced, so then they took the entire amount from her account, and now she's missing. Now they're missing that that cash that he had taken. Can we talk He's about that gone. sweet scene when he gets handed the money and he puts the money in his pocket and, and taps it? it I cannot. Tap. Yeah, how many? How many of you guys like when you have I a large that. amount of cash going into your pocket? Seems you're like, it's there. Yeah, if I was locked in a, and loaded, locked and loaded, just like ha ha, got away with it. Two pets, ha and ha. Especially when <laughs> when they approve the check to the yeah, I guess like the head oh yeah, because they oh, said yeah, it was like he, he stands up and he's just like very like confident and he's just like thank you, thank you, yes, thank you, yes, Jerry, like, for being a you. fucking trusting asshole, yeah, fucking sap. Yeah, the big manager. <laughs> the big manager says that um, the East Coast banks at that time, late, late in the day, were closed, and yeah. that he just. Sarah, not Sarah, was a very, very good customer of theirs, and um, he just approved the check. Yeah, because they, they, so they couldn't, they couldn't tell whether the funds were in the other account that wrote the check. So, yep. And the stolen check was made directly to Sarah to like throw them off a little bit. I mean, didn't not for long. That same day, they head to Nashville and they stop in Memphis um, um, on the way to Nashville, and um, Jerry's like, I got a meeting. You girls, uh, uh, on the trip, the daughter also went with them. So you girls meet me in the lobby, and we'll take off to Nashville after my meeting. And, um, and we'll go meet my family and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, and lo and behold, guess what, guys? He skipped town. And the, she's just there all sad as fuck in the lobby for, like, hours. She says, she everybody hurts. She says she was, she said. Everybody as she sits in the lobby and she says yeah. and she says we knew we were being made fools what, what are you going to do fuck so basically he, in this swindle he got away with 3 grand for what 5 days worth five of days. work 5 days <laughs> it's like $5 an hour that's great but i mean no that's 600 bucks a day and this guy was ugly as fuck, too. Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, John, that's spoiler alert. John, oh, John Belushi-ass motherfucker. <laughs> he was, like, greasy, like, dirtiest Widow's Peak. Widow's <laughs> Peak, but still balding somehow? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was bad. The check was no good at the bank. She was alerted later, so the $3,000 was gone. Um, she filed a report and, find, and found out that he was probably involved with at least 22 cases in 15 different states. Yep. Um, and yeah, he was, this was his job. He was really good. Um, and then, and then, and one of the reenactments, they, they say that we think he's still active. He's telling this lady in a reenactment, are women after me or my jewelry? And then the lady says, well, I'm an attorney. <laughs> it's just like another victim. I can't, I can never tell. Are these women Could after you? me or the loose jewelry in my pockets? <laughs> ting, ting, ting. Jingle, jangle. <laughs> Jingle Jangle Jerry Gamble. <laughs> That's a good one. I Jingle think that, I think Jangle. that might be our, uh, our episode title. Jerry or Sarah, not Sarah. I don't know. This, yeah, this one's this one's a, um, got a lot of com- comedy. Um, fucking guy, man. So, yeah, they think he's still doing it. Um, at the time of the, the episode aired, they think that he's still – like they there was – Stories of him in a bunch of different states. They even show him like on the phone as well, like striking out, just calling some random bitch, and she's like, "Hey, <laughs> um, oh no, you can't make it to dinner with me because I just met you and I just called you. All right, well, you have a great day. Bye. Okay." And then he just scratches it off the list and just looks. <laughs> he goes to the like next he's playing Sudoku, but next he's actually victim. he's actually looking for his next victim. 
There was an update, though. They did catch him. Yeah, yeah. So, well, before that, they, they say that in March 20th of 1991, he was going under the name Robert Cook. Cook? Cooked? <laughs> the, he was going under the name Robert Cook, and he romanced and swindled a lady for 10 grand. Yeah. And, um, um, but yeah. this lady didn't take no shit. Yeah, she... She, uh, she fought back. She, well, I don't know. She lost 10 grand. <laughs> so he was a Canadian guy. They found yeah. him. Yeah. His name was Alfred Barraquette. And he served his time, eh? And there he was released. Yep. So he's back on the streets probably doing the same shit. Yeah. Just a lot smaller. Probably. But, dude, how how old are these women that he's pulling now? He's got to be super old. Well, haven't you seen the producers? That's how they got all their money for their play, just by swindling little old ladies. <laughs> so true. Nathan Lane? Yeah. Is where he's like... <laughs> He's like banging the old lady, banging on the old lady. What does he call them? Suck it up, the blue hairs. I forgot what he calls them. He doesn't call them blue hairs. He has a something. He has a specific thing he calls them. But yeah, he's just banging on these old broads. I've never seen the original Mel Brooks. I've never seen the original uh, producers. I wanna be a producer. Yeah. The original has Gene Wilder Bang and who old else? Get some money, I guess. Springtime for Hitler and yeah. Germany. But this dude was banging old brats. He finally got popped, and then they released him. So it's kind of like a slap on the wrist. Yeah, I mean, he didn't murder anybody. I, 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 I never, yeah. I didn't look into it. I wonder how, how much, much time he served. Dude. Oh yeah, but when they caught him. They showed the, they found all these IDs from different states. Oh yeah, he and like he looks he looks relatively good. Like that for an ID picture, like it was all the same picture. He used like f- three different pictures for all these different states. And when they showed him, all it says he, was he, he looked s- like shit. He served several years in prison and has since been released. We're gonna end this on a happy note, guys. We're gonna be talking about the fucking useless slaughter of a bunch of innocent people because a bunch of dumbass kids were bored. Um, this is the, we're going to be talking about the Gainesville killings. Um, this is really crazy. The, I, I never knew about this, and I feel like this is a straight up like these kids should be like up there with the serial killers. Like this is yeah, fucking this was just heinously murder. violent, like overkill to the max. So random, so weird. So the story is that in Gainesville, Texas, which is about thirty nine miles north of you, right, Eli? Uh, yeah, it's uh, north northeast. And we're going to give you the timeline because this is a crazy story that happened within like a... A day. Yeah, like 24-hour span. So we're starting at 10 a.m. It's March 7th and uh, two electricians... Wait, what year do we have this at? 88? I think it's 88. March 7th, 1988. I actually found his arrest record. So it's March 7th, 1988, and we're starting the day at 10 a.m. when two electricians see two teens... Um, kind of looking through the window at their father-in-law's Lincoln Cadillac. town car. Is it Lincoln? Yeah, something like that. A fancy car like that. And they like, you know, they confronted the boys and they were like, well, what are you doing? And they said they were looking for a phone. And then one of the guys says, well, ain't no, not, f- ain't in that car. <laughs> ain't, ain't no phone in that car. <laughs> they took her jobs. They took her jobs. Um, di- and they said they didn't act and look violent. They were just kids being kids. 11 a.m., Deanna Woodard and her baby return home to their trailer. Um, by 1.10 p.m., Deanna is found brutally stabbed and nearly decapitated with an axe. The baby, it, but the baby lived. The baby is totally unharmed, um, miraculously and luckily. So there was a struggle. He killed her and stole their two stole and stole her two guns, and then they left in her 1981 T-Bird. 
These kids were were they were dressed for the time, I guess. They looked like punks, little metalhead, country kids. Yeah, uh, like nineteen nineties, like grungy. Yeah, with their with their ankle high um, sneakers and some some torn acid wash pants and these kids tees and long long hair and earring single earring. Yeah, they, very Bobby Budnick and Terminator. Yeah, team. like Budnick. Totally. Straight up, straight <laughs> the fuck up. Yeah, these kids made a lot of other kids look bad. Like it makes, it, 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 it makes me think of um, of the uh, the the West Memphis Three, like those kids that just dressed like that and got blamed for all this awful shit yeah. that they didn't do. But yeah, these yeah, kids yeah. that were actually like you know kind of grungy looking metal you know looking kids actually went on a fucking murder spree. Um, that didn't help people that like metal music and like and dress like that for you know that didn't do them any favors. They did look rather rather grungy and scrungy like rough and tumble kind of kids. Yeah, but everyone says that they seemed pleasant pleasant enough. Next, we pick up with them sixty miles from where they were in Farmersville, Texas, and this was a rural community, very small. It's mid afternoon; they don't know exactly what time. Um, they approached the farm of Cecil Morrison, uh, who was 85, and his son, who is also named Cecil, sorry, Cecil Morrison, and his son, um, who was 62, and he was also Cecil. And they forced their way in, and according to the cops, they estimate they, they could have stayed there from anywhere between one and three hours. Yeah, like it was a long, drawn-out murder. Yeah, they were just torturing these old men and beating them. Apparently and- with some sort of weapon found in Deanna's truck. They, they ended Car. up shooting him. Yeah, it's so fucked up. Like, just this, like, pleasant father and son. They were both old men living together as senior citizens. And then just these kids just barging in and just senselessly, like, torturing and hurting him. No reason. So, they yeah, they kill both men, shoot both men, and take off with their uh, – um, and take off in a beige 1984 pickup – and we know this because at 5 p.m. a neighbor saw the two se- saw the two teens leave in the truck. And Deanna's T-Bird had since uh, disappeared. Like they hadn't. Uh, yeah, by the time this aired, they had not found. They the, didn't recover it at all. So 9 p.m. in Saratoga, Arkansas, which is now about 200 miles from the Morrison farm, which is the last place they were, um, they drive this pickup truck into a lake, and they threw Deanna's two guns in there. So 9.45, a witness sees two teens three times walking up this road um, as he drives back and forth through Saratoga. Um, 10 p.m. is uh, what, when we know they were spotted next at the trailer of their next victim, Kenneth Olden, who was 29. He was hanging out there with his uh, girlfriend, Brenda Gibson, and they were just enjoying a nice night. Luckily, Brenda did not fucking leave the bedroom thank god because um the boys asked they but they knocked on the door they said they were having trouble with their truck same excuse they've been giving everybody pretty much well we do see this is the only thing we know that because the other victims we just have to assume how they got their way in because they're all dead but we we since the girlfriend was there we know that yeah they said they had trouble with the truck he even let the boys in as he like put on his sweater and drove them to where the truck was so they left right. in uh, they left in Kenny's Mustang um, around ten fifteen, and uh, Brenda Gibson says that yeah she he thought the boys were really nice and sincere and he was just gonna go help them. That was the last time she saw him alive. Yeah, she says that's fucking heartbreaking. They arrive at this uh, at Millwood Dam, which is about five miles from the trailer, 
And uh, uh, prior to this, I want to mention that Brenda did see them leave. She did see them leave, but she couldn't see their faces. So they arrive at this dam down the street, and um, yeah, they 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 tell him that the truck is like a little bit down the down the street, and so like they get out and they walk, and then he's he like, "There's no truck here." He realizes that he goes, "Wait a minute, there's no truck here. What what's going on?" As he turns around, he can't really see because the uh, the the lights, the headlights. the headlights are in his face. Yeah. And that's when the kid pulls out a handgun and he just like starts shooting him and he kills him. Yeah, they kill him and they... They, they steal his Mustang. They steal his Mustang, leave him for dead. I mean, it, we have to like, like all these reenactments except for like them going into the trailer because the girlfriend hear it, hears it is like all like... Hearsay, in theory. Yeah, in theory, right? So yeah, the, this guy just gets shot dead, just presumably just trying to help these kids get home or whatever. And um, next we pick up with them ni- at 9 a.m., 200 miles west from where th- from where they left Kenny's body and pretty much back to where they started. Yeah. Um, f- uh, when funny man Oklahoma farmer Bud Sprouse finds this uh, Mustang abandoned in a lake. One had a size 11, 12 shoe. Yeah. The other, eight, eight and a half. So so where they find so this guy find, um, finds the the Mustang abandoned. There's footprints going from Gainesville to Farmsville to Saratoga, then to Brown Springs where they left the truck where they left the Mustang, which was only five miles from where they committed the first murder and murder in Gainesville. And uh, Robert Stack pretty awesomely calls it a deadly circle, and they disappeared without a trace. Um, nobody knows. It's more of a deadly right. triangle. Yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> Deadly triangle would work too, though, because everybody knows triangles are mysterious. So they, next we catch they catch Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, they catch these and, uh, fucking assholes because well, first of all, there's the earring, right? You want to talk? Oh about yeah, that? that's right. We got to talk about the earring. So then they they find this earring in this truck, right? One of the uh, <clears throat> I don't remember whose truck it was. It, it, it was the grandson of uh, one of the old men. That's right. He was cleaning out the truck and he finds this earring and it was very. It was not like a woman's earring. It was, it was a, it was a <laughs> it bat was like, carrying a skull. Yeah. It was the, so Very of its uh, 80s time. Bat, yeah. Bat so they, they Iron interview Maiden fans. Mr. Artie Lee Renfro, and this guy just looks like a fucking idiot. Oh, the kid? Start, the kid who... Yeah, yeah. The kid, he starts talking about where he... They, they interview this kid, and he's this really like dumb-looking, and he's like, yeah, well, I used to borrow earrings from him all the time. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so, well, but the way they get to this kid is, like, they post a picture of the earring in the newspaper. One kid identifies it as his and then says that um, he lent it to this kid. And they interview this kid who says, like, I don't know, I used to borrow earrings, but I can't remember. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if there was ever a connection made to that if he was a f- if he was friends with the, the kids who actually got caught. Spoiler alert, it's not this doofy kid. <laughs> So the sixteen-year-old kid, yeah, John Coldwell, idiot. He can't remember. Oh yeah, that. So okay, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. So Artie was the one that found the. They're saying that he had owned it. He's the one that came forward, right? Yeah. And he he's the one that points them to John Caldwell, who's the fucking idiot. My apologies, Artie. You're not an idiot. Yeah, you're not as much of an idiot. Yeah, maybe a little bit if he was friends <laughs> with these fucking idiots. But yeah, he couldn't remember. So, um, um. The update is they did catch these guys. Uh, William Glenn Henry and David Lynn Crockett were arrested for these murders. Henry got three 99-year terms and Crockett got four 99-year terms. And um, 
basically, I, th- I think they found they found one of their fingerprints. Yes. And um, soon after, uh, the other one ratted the other one out. And um, the most fucked up part about it is they said they just did it because they were just simply bored. Nothing better to do. Yeah. So fuck those heinous assholes. They're still in jail. I looked them up. Um, actually, hit, um, one of their yeah, one of them. Like it's crazy, ridiculous, right? Like a four ninety four ninety nine year sentence or something like that. So Henry uh, recently was uh, went up before the parole board and was denied on February first of two thousand five, and then on February eighteenth, Crockett was granted an additional ten years for having a pos- for possessing a weapon in his cell. Yeah, uh, additional yeah. ten years to your. Like all these ninety-nine year terms. Hey, you're never getting yeah. out, and because you're an idiot, we're gonna go ahead and slap you he with probably, ten more. He's years. not even gonna make it through one of those terms. <laughs> Fuck no, dude, not even close. Fuck. Especially living in a jail, and he'd be lucky if he lives to like eighty. I think uh, they're forty-nine, or roughly one, or at least one of them. Um, I think they were like a year apart, but yeah. So hey, yeah, eighteen and nineteen. So they just like forty-eight, forty-nine now, and they're both in jail. They probably weave the best baskets. They probably, yeah, yeah. I bet you they make sweet license plates, and I fucking hope that they, uh, their dicks fall off. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, the, 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 it's just sad because, um, yeah, a young 20 year, a 29 year old man, the young mom, and then these two, like, retired old guys that just, like, just had a farmhouse and were just, you know, I don't know. It's fucking useless. The Gainesville murderers, the Gainesville slayings, I don't know what, yeah, what you'd call them, but it's really rough. And But it's a really interesting case. I didn't know anything about it, and uh, I'm glad I do. Yeah, I, I learned. Yeah, I, hadn't, I hadn't heard about that either. Um, yeah, so that was a, was a super packed episode, guys. Thanks for sticking, sticking oh, with us. Don't forget about fumbles. Oh, yeah, they caught fumbles. Oh, yeah. They Fucking caught fumbles. Google it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, thanks for hanging out, guys. We're the Stack Pack on Twitter, Instagram, the and Facebook. Of fumbles. Um, f- fumbles will be remembered forever. Um, he was some fucking college student. Someone ratted him out. Thanks, Unsolved Mysteries. Um, yeah, Stack Pack, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, rate us and review us, please, if you guys are having fun. We love doing the show. We love to hear when people are loving what we're doing. Um, I'm. Uh, we can. You can reach us all separately. I'm at Davy Howe, D A V Y H O W. Road underscore Dan. And Big Bad Vinyl Dead. And I don't know if our guest wants to give his Twitter. Yeah, I'm Kano Texas, Kano TX. Kano TX. Give him a follow. At Kano TX. Yeah, yeah. Creep on me. He's also single, ladies. Creep Creep on on, me. Yeah. Hit up this single sexy beast, man. Creep on me. I'll take you to Denny's, girl. (laughs) I'll take you to Denny's. Yeah, yeah. I won't take your money. (laughs) You can keep your money. Just I'll get you that grand slam. <laughs> Yo, there's a combo that's like two ninety nine there. Yo, you can get two dollar stack of uh, French toast at Denny's. That's just, legit. Just saying, that's legit. Girl. This is what you're hey, missing I'll, out on. I'll get you that international right. toast. <laughs> so hey, next next week we we got our season finale next week. Oh yeah, yeah. What are we talking about next week? Uh, we have, I kind uh, of know because it's a pretty big one. Yeah, I know. We have some. We have some. Yeah, we got a couple big ones. So we have uh, Senator Robert F. Kennedy assassination. Uh, we're going to be talking about a woman who Super. names her killer from beyond the grave after she was murdered. This is the movie we're and, covering. Yeah. And this is another really kind of, uh, uh, this is another case that kind of really hits home, is the curious case of the Las Cruces, New Mexico bowling alley massacre. Yeah. So 
that is definitely something I've I've never heard of this. So there's also um, there's also a documentary called A Nightmare in Las Cruces that um, we're definitely all gonna watch before next week. Um, yeah. Because for those of you who don't know, uh, Las Cruces is neighbor next door neighbor. Yeah, yeah it's like it's like forty five minute drive tops. So probably yeah. not even different that. different states. Different states, but we're right on the tip of Texas, so Las Cruces is like, yeah, it's like down 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. So when you think of the stack pack, think of just the tip. Think of just the tip of Texas. I used to say that when we used to do the Dudes Cast. From the western tip of Texas, it's the Dudes Cast. (laughs) The western Um, tip. Yeah, thanks for hanging out, guys. Um, Come back next week for our season finale. And then we're going to cover a fun made-for-TV movie the next week um, that's based on one of the cases from next week. And it's a little supernatural. It'll be fun. Um, For every mystery, there's someone somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is listening. And perhaps that someone is you. You. Kind of Texas Instagram. Okay, that was good.